0: You'll be right at home with all your mountain biking experience. Sorry? You'll be right at home with all your mountain (laughs) biking experience. This is so much, so much, so different. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, to stop by, the the dancing in the churches. Yeah, lovely, isn't it? I feel so lucky to be here. Yeah. And people are so nice. They are. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, (laughs) hello. We'll we'll see you later. I'll probably see you up at the checkpoint. Okay, see you later. later. close to each other yeah but there's a really a waves of different emotions and it's really grouped like the first people arriving are all still okay i want to make this an efficient stop and then go forward they are like all business then yeah. there's the group who's arriving here in good moods like this is great i'm happy get some food yes and then we continue then there's the group who's okay this is tough it's hot but let's get some food then we go for it and then there's a group who's not speaking much anymore (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like Like, the spectrum of like feelings on an ultra race and it's really nice to see it evolve through the day in just one day so many different emotions This is Dawn, a very unlikely ultra cyclist, and you're listening to the Just Bikes podcast from The Metal Set. Stay tuned as I'll be chatting with friends and fellow cyclists about all things bikes. That's ultra, adventure, gravel, mountain biking, and all sorts of type two fun. So hello, Neil. We're back again. Dawn, hi. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm very good. I am staying at a really, really lovely hotel <laughs> on the same side where a lot of riders are staying on Lake uh, Mahazi. Mahazi? Yes, I need to get that right. Um, but I'm in a really, really nice one, and I don't know where they are.
1: Have you? Did you have to get a uh, like a boat over the river or over? They the lake? did.
0: I did not. No, because oh, you I, you
1: drove round.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Did we just mention that I'm actually at Race Around Rwanda
1: first? No. Well, uh, well, Dawn, hi. How are you? What? Are, who are you? And what are we doing here?
0: Yes. So for everyone listening, hello, and this is a bonus. I guess not a bonus series. It's a special series around the Race Around Rwanda, a Race Around Rwanda 2024. Um, I have come back to the race that I. DNF'd in last year to report on the ground and Neil is here with me for both of us to chat through what has gone on today. Me from the point of view of being on the ground and seeing some of it, I can't see all of it because <laughs> I am but one woman and Neil, um, I guess giving the Dot Watchers view and kind of based on what you know of the race and what you've experienced with the race and also... Not watching and reporting on it before on, in earlier yeah. years, years as well
1: so i took part in the inaugural race around rwanda back in 2020 so mm-hmm. it's i mean it's been fascinating to see how the race has progressed and changed over the last four years uh but obviously also you know i have insight into you know what is everybody going through which is amazing
0: yeah so I'm just going to say as well, because I think we should talk about it. The name of this episode is Tegende, <laughs> or not. And Tegende means let's go. So, <laughs> as with any ultra race, just anything can and does happen. Um yeah, and I guess it kind of points to some of the stories that have already happened are and are happening in real time. And first of all, I just want to say I have most utmost respect for people who create content around races, um, you know, photographers, podcasters like myself who are on the ground because it's a bit of an endurance, uh, activity in and of itself, trying to be everywhere, trying to stay on top of things and just, um, yeah. And I, 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 I could not, not ride my bike here in Rwanda again. So I brought my bike and I, I rode a little bit of it today, but yeah, it's been a very interesting day.
1: Well, tell us, tell us, tell us about the day and tell us why you've called it Togende or not, because it sounds like there's a story there, Dawn.
0: Well, I mean, (laughs) it's, it's not anything big. It's just like uh, like what I was saying to you just a little earlier. It's all the little micro kind of absurd things that happen <laughs> that kind of add up to make it like just an absurd day. <laughs> so, I mean, the day started out with our own little um, calamity. And I mean, really, really, really minor. Basically, we had a car and a driver ready to go when everybody was going. So we would follow you know, the cyclist, and we didn't have a key. (laughs) Everything but the key. So it just kind of what it meant is, um, it kind of delayed us a little, we had to play a bit of catch up. But equally, I wanted to ride um, the second gravel section. So it kind of delayed me there. And then it was just like, not a comedy of errors, but just a lot of things happened that Had we not been delayed, we kind of wouldn't have run into people and seen things and talked to people and stuff. So it's all fine. It's all fine. Like I was saying, I was at checkpoint one just a little bit earlier and I was saying, okay, last year was my race around Rwanda. This year is report around Rwanda and it's somehow turning into recovery around Rwanda. (laughs) So it's been kind of one of those days. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, it started off good. So we, as you know, there was a new gravel section this year. And last year there was a very, very fast start, um, whereby some people, some people looking, you know, outsiders looking in may say, hey, that looks like drafting. Hey, that looks like a Peloton. <laughs> and essentially this year, Simon has changed the race a little. So it is not. Um, it is not such a fast start. There are climbs at the beginning. There is a, cli- a very, very, very steep climb and a very steep gravel or not gravel, cobblestone descent. So that's kind of new. And then there is a new gravel section uh, as well that we rode over that was a bit deceptive in that most of it looked great, but there were big ruts everywhere. So if you weren't paying attention... It easily could have been, you know, an accident um, or falling off your bike or a mechanical. So,
1: yeah. And I I understand we did have some mechanicals and and crashes very early into the race.
0: Yeah, there was um, an accident. Someone was hurt. Uh, That person... I, I don't want to say too much about it because obviously, <laughs> you know, I don't want to speculate about stuff, but that person was hurt and that person got medical care. And as far as I know, um are fine. So that was really, really good to hear that um, because yeah, accidents happening in the first, um, you know, in the first 10 K is, is, you know, it's un- really, really unfortunate. Nobody wants to see anyone hurt. It's just, yeah. So very thankful, very happy that that cyclist uh, appears to be okay. Um, yeah. So while we were waiting at Tagunde, where (laughs) the race, where the race started, um, we had a couple of cyclists come in very quickly after the start. Moses, who is cap, uh, 91. He is a Rwandan cyclist. Um, he had a very bad mechanical. Um, and then not long after he came back, um, and Ben who are a pair also showed up because Ben's wheel basically just, I don't know, folded. It looked like it was all like weird and tangled and stuff like that. And that I, I believe both of them were, I were the result of cobblestones. So
1: (laughs) which is going to find you out early because I'm sure that's not the roughest terrain that they're going to have through the whole of the race
0: no no um so yeah i mean we left we left there we drove along um the the gravel section the first gravel section our driver actually thought oh no we don't need to go on that first section with the cobblestones because why would you want to go on that (laughs) so we just avoided that so i haven't actually seen it but we went on the the first gravel section um as i said it looked you know deceptive a bit deceptive, I think, you know, for people who were really, really skilled riding on gravel, maybe not a problem at all. But um, you know, there were some big ruts in it. And also it was very like beautiful slash airy this morning. Um there were it was very misty. So it was like you were riding in fog. Um and that kind of cleared up about eight AM I would say and the race started at five. So yeah, we rode along there. Um we Didn't eat (laughs) because I had promised. I had promised that there were coffee shops open along the way, and there were none. (laughs) So we doubled back this is at the start of the second so the first gravel section we ran into a couple of uh cyclists one of the rwandan cyclists was having a mechanical and um a big crowd had gathered around him <laughs> so we kind of carried on from there um and yeah and just kind of passing people here and there um past past uh delphine elodi um yeah there were Everybody was just loving it. Everybody was super happy, I think, at that point in time. Um, I think happy to be on the flatter section. Some of the, there were some short, steep climbs. Um, And then, yeah, we kind of went on to the start of the Akigahara. I'm going to, am I going to pronounce that right? Probably not. No. How do you pronounce it, Neil? You know this.
1: Oh, I have no idea. I, uh, I. So you have to remember when you when you're writing through these things, it's just.
0: I know it's a whole uh, other it, ball game. It it,
1: it, it it all passes like a blur. Um, and it and it, but it's been fascinating seeing the photos coming through from today because it yeah. does bring like such memories flooding back of of what they're all going through.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. So, um, we didn't reach. A coffee shop um because there were none open so we doubled back thinking another one was open and we actually ran into a cyclist sarah ruggins who um is was episode one's guest for the just bikes podcast and unfortunately sarah and this is quite common i've seen it last year as well um you know issues with sickness um yeah i don't know you know i don't know if it's food poisoning or water or whatever, but. Um, not she wasn't great, so she ended up. I ended up driving up ahead, getting dropped off to ride along this second gravel section, which is super nice. And I thought, Oh, it's super flat, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not in shape, I'm not properly hydrated, I have no sleep. Um, it'll be great, and it was for the most part, but it did get oppressively hot today. Um, so I went ahead with the driver and then Sarah, um, the driver went back and, and picked up Sarah to bring her to checkpoint one because she was not in a, in a, in a very good way. Um, who else did I see? There were quite a few cyclists on, on that section when I was there. Um, I mean, from your point of view, dot watching, what were you seeing in the early stages? I felt quite I felt like it was still a very very fast race this year even though it was meant to be slowed down a bit. Yeah,
1: I, I and I think this is interesting to look at the the evolution of the race. I looked at the the times to CP1 and beyond and they looked so fast. Or certainly looking at where the lead riders are closing in on CP2 um you know not even 24 hours in whereas when I did the race back in 2020 I think the lead rider Ultan, got to CP two a day and a half in. So, yeah. you know, there's. there's and I think Kenneth clearly, is almost clearly,
0: there now. Kenneth, yeah, I mean, you know, from the men the men side of things, Kenneth is is close by.
1: You know, so so the, the the pace is is fast and furious, which is which is incredible. I think um, you know one of the other things that stood out uh, was the performance of. Um, uh, I'm going to make sure I get names right. Um, looking at Violette, uh, yes. one of the Rwandan ladies who was on the verge of not riding because she'd come down with sickness. Uh, and I think it, it was a great quote that she said this morning. She said, I don't know how the legs feel, but the mind feels ready. So yeah. I'm going to give it a go. And she's uh, leading quite, by quite some margin uh, in the ladies' race. Um, and I think that's one of the other things that kind of stood out for me today was how well the Rwandans and the Ugandans are doing. So like the local African riders. You know, four years ago when we Sorry, go on.
0: No, you know what's interesting about that? Because at the at the the um the race briefing yesterday, uh Simon asked, you know, the crowd, how many people is this your first time in Africa? And a lot of hands went up. A lot, a lot, a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I- uh, and it's it's it, it it's a really for those of you listening who, you know, are trying to understand a little bit about what this race is like, what the experience is like. It's a really, really different experience. It's hard to describe how being riding in Africa for the first time feels. And that and yeah. that's what it was like for me four years ago. But I remember four years ago we had all these people you know like myself, like Ultan, like Josh, like um Rob, you know, we all turned up with a lot of ultra racing experience and but no knowledge of the local area and probably nowhere near as fit as some of these Rwandan Ugandan riders. But they were is turning it U- up Sorry, and they...
0: just to correct. Is it Ugandan or Kenyan riders?
1: Oh, I oh, could be. I I am going to hold up my hands and apologise if I've got the nation wrong. Could be Kenyan, could be Rwandan, could be Ugandan,
0: Rwandan uh, and Kenyan, I believe. But let's double check that there's, right now. There's,
1: there's you know, uh, and all three countries are kind of you know very close, close geographically in in Africa. Um, these 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 guys and girls all turned up, and they were clearly super super strong riders. Yeah, but they had.
0: Uh, Sorry, I was going to say,
1: but but they had zero experience ultra racing. Mm -hmm. And and ultra racing, yes, you know, 30% of it, 20% of it maybe is how physically fit you are and how fast you can ride a bike, but 70% of it is all of the other things. And I think it's fascinating. It's really interesting to see how much these guys and girls have developed their ultra racing skills in the last four years, and now they're turning up and they are dominating it, which I think is amazing to see
0: yes it is it really is amazing like that um i i tried to find which cyclist that was that was behind i couldn't really find on on the dot watcher so i don't want to miss i don't want to misquote and say who it was when it was somebody else um but they just zoomed right past everyone (laughs) (laughs) um after they got their bike sorted um i am going to look up this because i do I don't think there's any Ugandan riders. I think it's Kenyan and um and uh Rwandan. Hold on one second. They could be. I don't see you, the U code anywhere. Except for US.
1: I was trying to look based on flags and that's not working.
0: No. So no, so we'll just go Not back all. to say, yeah. So there's Kenyan riders, Kenyan <laughs> and Rwandan. So Neil, get your flags right.
1: <laughs> yes. Must try harder next time. Um, but, but, you know, like I said, I think it's, it's, it is incredible seeing how they, they've, they've worked on, on the skills. They're now better equipped and that's allowing their, you know, physiological prowess to, to shine through, and and I think no one exhibits this better than than Violette, who is just such an incredibly strong rider. And she she's, is. Yeah, she's she's you know destroying the ladies' field.
0: Is she though right now? Because I checked on Dot Watcher a little while ago, and I thought Ariane, um, who is a German cyclist, is past Biamba. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, wow. <laughs> For those listening, if you're not familiar, out of Biamba is a very uh, technical, I guess, gravel descent that I certainly don't didn't like doing in the day, and I certainly wouldn't want to be doing it at night either.
1: And I think I stayed in a hotel near Biamba on my first night because I got caught in a torrential rainstorm. This was on the old route that used to go kind of between the twin lakes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the routing was, was, was quite different. And, and I'm looking at the, uh, at the map now. Uh, looking at the live time. I'm your real
0: time fact checker. Here we, uh, we
1: are real time doing this, and and three <laughs> riders ha- are in the hotel that I'd stayed in, and uh, you know this this is another incredible thing about this particular race is that the weather that the riders are seeing out there will be all over the place, um, so they may well have had. And I don't know what what your experience is like on the road at the moment, Dawn, but. You know, looking at the photos today and looking at the video and the coverage, uh, it looked hot. Very hot. Hot, hot, dry.
0: It was very, very hot. It was very, very hot. And I just want to correct though, I do think Ariane is ahead of uh Violette at the moment. Um I mean we'll go back to this in a minute. Um, but yeah, I'm real-time fact-checking here. <laughs> Unless I'm seeing something that hasn't been updated on um uh, on the live trackers
1: so viola is number cap number seven and arianne is cap number
0: 23
1: mm. so let's have it? a look so so i'm seeing cap number 23 uh about 20k after uh after biumba yeah at
0: 290 kilometers uh, around there
1: and cap number seven is currently uh we cannot find Cap Number Seven at the moment. I am trying to find her. Yeah, Cap Number Seven looks like she's back in Sayamotara at kilometer two hundred and forty. So, yeah, Viola is is as clearly after a very very strong start has yeah. uh, has hit some issues. So, hopefully, when you know when we catch up with everybody tomorrow, we'll be able to give you an update on on how that's going. But clearly, Ariana's now pushed on really really strong, which is fantastic. And uh,
0: yeah, yeah. We spoke to her yesterday before, just talking about her bike setup and um, also just a bit about her. And she's done a couple of races as well, but this is her first time in Rwanda. So yeah, I'm super excited to see how that plays out. I wouldn't say Violet has run into any issues. We don't know, right? It could be strategy.
1: (laughs) Could be, and Um, and obviously, you know, as, as as we heard from her, you know, over the last couple of days, she clearly, you know, wasn't very well, and it was a last minute decision to race. So you know. Violette, hopefully everything is okay with you and uh, you get to ride on strong. But if you don't, then don't make yourself yourself worse.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, back to the weather, because I think it does play a big role. And we both heard and everyone heard um, in the intro to this that was – Ellen, who is Simon's sister, who is actually manning checkpoint one today, just talking about the, the gamut of emotions that groups are going through. And it's kind of like you can experience all of those emotions and yourself <laughs> and behave in all of that those ways. But I have to say today was very, very hot, very, very hot. And I, um, you know, obviously I live in Dubai, the weather is generally hot in the Middle East. And I found today really, really tough, really struggling. So, the gravel road that I rode on, rode on. I mean, I I ended up on it about uh, noon, and um, people were flying by me. Everyone was kind of like commenting on the heat because it was a lot of European riders. Um, back to you know going from report around Rwanda to recovery around Rwanda. <laughs> um, another woman we we ran into, Cap sixty two. Um, had, uh, an injury that had kind of flared up again and was unable to, um, to, uh, continue on. So, um, yeah, (laughs) helped out with that, which is fine. I continued riding. Um, and just seeing, you know, I, I guess I want to share this because we're kind of towards the back today, you know, and I had hoped to kind of be all over the place, which is not necessarily possible. But just the amazing stories that we're coming out of today as well. So another rider um, that we came upon who um, was having a lot of issues, a lot, like with both tires, like inner tubes kind of spread around all with, you know, punctures in them, problems with the tires, problems with uh, the gear shifting um was Jesse from Finland. Um and I stayed with him a bit. And I guess something that was really interesting to note about Jesse, he's deaf and he was doing this ultra. And I just think about, wow. you know, kind of, yeah, just staying, he's from Finland and um, you know, just how we all use our senses and in, in terms of a race or cycling and everything like that. I just thought, wow, you know, like <laughs> it must be such a different experience for him. And I I asked him actually at checkpoint one, um, if, uh, you know, I could, I could, you know, share that we met today and stuff. And he said, yes, you know, he nodded and he was like, he wrote, it was a very shit day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And these are the stories that are amazing, right? Because, you know, a deaf person in Finland, Probably lives within a, you know, a set. He knows that he's going to have people who can sign. Uh, he can be understood. Suddenly, you're in Africa. You've gone from somewhere where it's probably very, very cold at this time of year to suddenly it's forty degrees. So the the temperature thing is it's throwing a you completely out. Full
0: stop. Like you know, but, this race is a challenge. Full stop.
1: And you you're going to go into a shop in the middle of a village in the middle of Africa and the communication. How do you make that communication work? How do you get through that barrier? So
0: yeah, Jesse and I kind of rode around each other for a little bit and um, I ran into him when he was having another issue. So I kind of just walked along with him because I mean, I'm not in a rush. I have no deadline or anything, but we just walked together for a bit and we walked to a village and there was a bike shop there. So um, he got it sorted. He got his bike sorted um, in this in this village, and I actually think you know, like they understood each other <laughs> what was going on. I, and, I, it was... I, and I
1: again, I think for for those of you listening who have never experienced riding in Rwanda, what the the racers will have been going through today is is almost like a crash course in uh, riding bikes in this part of the world. Cycling in Rwanda is the most predominant form of transport. Yes. When you want to get a taxi back from the shop or the bar or whatever you sit on the back of a bike. If you need to send something to the next village up the road, you put it on the back of a bike and it's 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 one it's one of these amazing experiences as you go through this uh, especially as you go through the first day and you start to get used to what everything is like you have you have all these kids like these guys who are kind of i guess late teens early 20s and they're the the engine room of the economy for want of a better word because they're making sure everything flows they're making sure goods flow people flow and they want to race you everywhere
0: yeah yeah well yeah right. this is funny <laughs> in the start of in a section the first gravel section delphine uh i believe it was her first race she was racing along and there was a guy racing her <laughs> we kind of turned around this valley we went over a bridge so we could still see on the other side and i was like he's still going he's still racing
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, and you know all the racers are there on their bikes that probably cost anywhere from three to ten thousand pounds or four to twelve thousand dollars with the most amazing bike packing kit and there's these guys these 20 year olds carting huge amounts of stuff around on what can only be described as clunkers
0: yeah i mean yeah. these
1: things are they are single speed they have big solid tires uh, and it's an incredible experience and they want to race you everywhere. They're always trying to look to overtake you and ride alongside you and talk to you. And uh, I can imagine that when Jesse went into a, a bike shop, even though this bike shop will have had nothing compared to the bike shops that we see in, in Western Europe, they will have wanted to do everything to, Those to guys fix what was going on.
0: They sorted it totally. Like, you know, they were just like, yeah, went, got to business, fixed the bike, and he continued on. And um, yeah, we had a big crowd <laughs> watching. <laughs> so it was, yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, it was really fantastic to meet him. I mean, yeah, I would love to kind of learn more about his story and stuff like that, because we just had brief, you know, kind of conversations on, on the road today. And over all of his bike troubles. Um, but yeah, I mean... I've just had a look at the tracker um as I mentioned Ariane is outside Biamba now <laughs> which for me is like wow like super impressive. I believe Marie is not too far behind her. Um and you know Kenneth is is fast approaching CP2. Um so it's it's going to be an interesting couple of days. Today, you know, it was kind of because of our own uh delayed start I was where I was, and that's you know i uh yeah, I had a great like I had a great day, <laughs> but it was it was one of those days. it's just like, yeah, all of the things that can happen on an ultra cycling race i I saw them all, um and also being not being fit really right now at the moment and riding in those conditions, like I have a whole renewed respect for everybody doing that race, doing the race, um and yeah, I'm probably reminded that I should get back to some serious training when I get back to Dubai.
1: Well, yes. (laughs) Consistency is king.
0: Yeah. But tomorrow, um, we're going to trip up ahead, um, probably around CP two, CP three, because I want to, I want to see where all the women are. I want to see who's, you know, I I'm interested to see where Ariane, Um, gets to tonight you know it is day one anything can happen but i'm really curious to see what she gets um this evening and when she's going to reach cp2 and yeah so we'll probably go up to cp2 for a look and then maybe go on ahead to cp3 and um camp out there a little
1: cool and yeah so looking at the tracker now just just checking on where the 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 women riders are so Ariane is uh close to kilometer 290 uh obviously we've talked about violette dropping back uh but our our good friend julie melville uh is looks like she's looks like she's taken second place in the ladies
0: i think marie uh, is actually oh is she yeah If you can we see then that, just
1: go and click on everybody and see what, uh, see what we can see. Um, great to see, uh, see Julie coming back again and, uh, and having a, having a great race. Um, what's interesting
0: to note about Julie today as well is that she actually stopped when the cyclist, um, had that accident. Like I think after, right, okay. I don't know. Very quick, fairly early on in the race. So she's actually made up a lot of time. I spoke to her before the race. Um, I rode with her a little tiny bit today. She is super organized. She's super planned um, in her approach this year. She's trained a lot, and it's a big difference from last year. So, Yeah. I'm excited to see what we passed her on the first gravel section. I was very surprised that I was passing her, but then when we spoke to her, she was mentioning that she had stopped when the cyclist had that accident. So I was like, okay, this makes sense. And I was like, that's a, you know, um, obviously a tough break as well to kind of be put, you know, set back, but I think, yeah, let's see what, what happens to Julie as well tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I think it's also interesting to see all these kind of collections of people grouped together. Um,
0: There's a party at the marina. Yeah, marina I mean, resort.
1: You know, we we saw this last year. In so, a so so <laughs> last year, uh, I was coaching Dawn and I was coaching uh, Jay, and it, it, obviously, when you're coaching people involved in these races, dot watching is a very anxious experience because. You you know what their goals are going into the race, you know what they want to achieve, and you are following and hoping and praying that they they, they achieve that. And and you're just looking at what happens every night. And I remember last year on the edit at Night One seeing everybody congregate into into a resort by the river and you know it what like the most nightclub. well it did look like everybody was partying on, but you know, the most what you really want is for people to be safe. And I think when you see everybody collecting together in these little groups, is you know they're safe. And, yeah, yeah. And that's 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 a really that's a very uh, reassuring thing. Uh, look, just checking. Like Marie looks like she's stopped uh, near Gaseki, so she is back uh, about ten kilometers behind uh, Julie. So oh, okay, Julie like did overtake does, her then. Okay, great. Does look like Julie has gone into second place. Uh oh, wow. Viola is looking further back but her tracker hasn't updated for 6 hours so Oh really? Oh, to, well, we don't hard, know where to, she hard, is then. Hard to say what's going on with her and then uh the the next uh female is Jenny Tuff. Um who you know for any anyone who's been following Ultra Racing for the last kind of five years, uh Jenny Tuff is is world renowned not just for not just for cycling, but ultra running and taking on some really big adventures mm-hmm. uh in, in the middle of nowhere. And it was it was great to see her her kind of posting on social media before the event going, I'm here to enjoy, I'm here to try and not get caught up in yeah. racing. I want to experience Rwanda. I want to see the countryside. Um, I spoke with
0: her as well before the race. Yeah. And she, you know, said exactly that. Like she wants to come and have an experience. Yeah. And she's super cool. She's really nice.
1: And that's great to see.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Well, who knows then? It's Violet's tracker hasn't updated for six hours. Could be a phantom race happening. You know, like we don't know.
1: Could be. Could be. And it (laughs) it looks like. and I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the 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 tracker now, and it looks like uh, so Jenny and about fifteen others are all King near Fisher. the uh, near the Kingfisher. Yeah, isn't that where you stopped last year?
0: We stayed on the other side. Yeah, we stayed right, on the okay. other side where they they all get a boat over. We stayed on the side you you didn't need to get a boat, but it was like a nightclub. So yeah, so that's it today. We're back again tomorrow, day two. Um, I hope to be up at the front of the pack, um, getting there via car, not racing, <laughs> but to see what's going on with the women's race. So we'll see when um, in the morning what happens or what has happened overnight, and hopefully, yeah, Violet's tracker is updated. And apologies to her for thinking that. She's dropped back when we don't know. <laughs> so I,
1: I, And this is the joy of following ultra racing is you never know.
0: Yeah. It's all, yeah, you never know. So it, tomorrow's a new day. Anything can happen. And, um, yeah, we will be back again, tech permitting, to chat. We'll try to keep it shorter, though. I did say, Neil, we needed to keep it shorter. We haven't. So okay, we'll keep it simple to think tomorrow. You're, you're the
1: one who mouse off a lot. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, we, yeah. we we have to keep it short tomorrow. Uh, my wife is taking me out to Brighton to go and see a show talk by the guy who did, uh, what was it called? Um, the Doctor.
0: Thank you for that information. That is really relevant to everyone. That's. <laughs> I will tell you
1: more about it tomorrow and then hopefully the day Tom, after that. I'll be, no. to, I'll, be to, I'll be able to tell you all about it.
0: We don't want that. I'll edit it. <laughs> anyways, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, yeah, and I promise I'll try to get up near the front of the pack tomorrow to get another side of the race. There's many different stories, and I want to get as many as I can. So, And hopefully some more athletes' voices as well. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to ride my own bike tomorrow, so that leaves more time to do that kind of stuff. So anyways, thank you for listening. We're back tomorrow. Have a great evening. Enjoy day wherever you are. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. If you like this episode, why not give us a little kudos? Five stars only wherever you're listening to this podcast. And remember, sharing is caring. Thank you for listening.